Hello and welcome to another episode of Stardust MQ, I'm Cameron Furlong. My guest today is a little bit different than my past guest because she is not from Macquarie University. My guest is Associate Professor Susanna Guatelli, a nuclear physicist from the University of Wollongong. Professor Guatelli originally trained as a nuclear physicist at the University of Genova in Italy and did a PhD in physics at the European Organization for Nuclear Research at CERN. And she's internationally recognized as an expert of Monte Carlo simulations for medical applications, including radiation protection for astronauts. Professor Guatelli also conducted the first in-person live lecture organized by the Macquarie University Department of Physics and Astronomy for 2021, all the way back in April. And I had the opportunity to talk to her then about her work doing radiation simulations and researching radiation protection solutions for human missions to Mars. It's a pleasure. First time I've had someone outside of Macquarie on my podcast, so very exciting. <laughs> yes, yeah, because uh, you run this uh, regularly, but this is the first seminar that you have in campus in a long time. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, that's right. So I feel the pressure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no pressure at all. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you do work with um, simulations for uh, radiation in on trips to Mars. So can you tell me a bit about that? Just give me an overview to start off. Yes, that uh, emission uh, to Mars poses uh, um, harmful, poses hazards in terms of harmful effects of radiation on the uh, on the astronauts. Um, therefore, here we use uh, simulations, so physics simulations, in order to characterize uh, the dose received uh, by the astronauts in the mission to Mars. We can also study shielding solutions, and we can also characterize uh, new uh, radiation monitoring systems that would be very useful in a long-term uh, mission of astronauts to Mars. Okay, so that's, that's really interesting. So you have done some work in the field of uh, medical physics. So what got you um, into that field uh, as, as opposed to astronomy? Yes, yes, you're right, because actually my research is very multidisciplinary. I mean, we have physics, we have a medical science, and in this case, also some ingredients of space science. So uh, I'm a, a, I was trained, let's say, as a nuclear physicist. Uh, in, I did my university uh, degree uh, in Italy. I'm, I'm from Italy. And then in the last year of my master, I discovered the application of physics in medicine, for example, to improve radiotherapy treatment uh, or in radiation protection, like in this case for human missions uh, to Mars. And, uh, uh, yes, yeah, so that topic really uh, captured me, and then I decided to do this for the rest of my life. So the application of physics to solve problems in medicine that can go from uh, improving radiotherapy treatment for patients with cancer, uh, down to study the effect of radiation at DNA level in, in human cells, and or to, uh, yeah, to do some fancy, cool research in radiation protection of astronauts. And so is that including the GN4? Yes, so, so these, uh, uh, there are uh, various software tools that develop that are suitable 
for uh, to solve the physics problems. And one of these is Jam4. So Jam4 is a physics simulation software tool, which was originally developed uh, to uh, at the end of the 90s. Uh, to uh, support the uh, research at the Large Hadron Collider at CERN. And uh, then it was extended to solve problems in physics in the field of uh, medical science and space science. And that's where uh, I work. Actually, it's in the extension of the software uh, tool from high energy physics to medical uh, physics applications, including uh, radiation uh, protection. So this um, software, everyone can download it. It's for free. <laughs> and in particular, uh, um, it, it is developed by a large international collaboration, including about 100 scientists around the world. I'm one of those. And actually, I lead uh, internationally the development of the software tool for medical physics uh, applications. And um, yes, and nowadays I'm also in the steering board, which uh, is a, a group of 20 scientists, and we decide how to develop further this software tool for to solve physics problems in uh, radiation physics in particular. So I'm just wondering, how exactly do you simulate the um, the radiation effects of a human trip to Mars? What what are the what are the what are the steps? The ingredients, yes. So uh, what we do first of all, uh, we uh, model the cosmic radiation. We have some uh, some physics models that describe uh, the cosmic uh, the cosmic radiation that is encountered in a human mission to Mars. Then we describe. Uh, uh, the um, transfer vehicle with, the, with all its materials with the correct sizes and dimensions. And then we can put inside a, a, an anthropomorphic model of an astronaut. And then uh, we run our simulations. And what we do is we, uh, we model what would happen actually in space. And we can calculate the, for the dose, for example, absorbed by the astronauts. I have to mention that there are many sources of uncertainties. So, uh, so uh, actually, uh, one big challenge is to improve uh, the physics models uh, that we use to describe a particle interactions in the transfer vehicle and the, in the astronaut. We need also to improve our knowledge of the cosmic radiation and also to understand better uh, the effects of a cosmic radiation at the cellular level, DNA level in the astronauts. So it's a multifaceted problem uh, that spans from physics to medicine to engineering. So what kind of risks are present yes. in a trip to Mars? Yes, first of all, there is a risk of chronic effects like cancer. So um, emission, our current estimates say that one every 20 people going to Mars has, could have cancer, okay? Uh, opposed to a probability of one to 200 people for a, a mission on the International Space Station, for example. Uh, so one big risk is cancer, and this is due to galactic cosmic rays. 
Then there is another one, which is uh, acute effects of radiation, like nausea and vomiting, if uh, the, uh, if, uh, the um, transfer vehicle meet, um, goes through a, a violent um, solar particle event. So you have to know that the sun emits uh, radiation and during maximum solar activity, there is uh, more radiation emitted. And sometimes we have these, uh, let's say, high energy protons uh, and the helium nuclei, and uh, they um, they can be predict they can be predicted. That is the big problem. So what happens is that the vehicle, the transfer vehicle, may in its trajectory encounter one of these uh, violent eruptions of protons and alpha particles from the sun, and uh, the astronauts uh, may have. Uh, some symptoms like nausea and vomiting, but in very violent uh, events, they could even die. So the, the radiation environment in the solar system is very harsh. And here on Earth, uh, we are fine because actually we are protected by our beautiful magnetic fields. So based on your simulations, have you made any recommendations to protect astronauts from these, this cosmic radiation? Uh, yes, uh, we studied the passive uh, shielding solutions and we found out that uh, hydrogen-rich materials are better to uh, shield uh, astronauts from radiation. Unfortunately, uh, it's uh, not possible only to use uh, shielding because when we are on Earth, we think, okay, well, let's uh, just uh, put more concrete or you know, more LEDs, and then we can protect ourselves better from uh, uh, radiation sources. But uh, instead, in space, is different. Uh, we have to really to be cautious of the amount of uh, material that we send into space because it's very expensive. And in addition, it, that will not help to stop uh, the radiation going to the astronaut. So we found the countermeasures. We found shielding solutions to protect the astronauts from uh, uh, solar particle events. Uh, using uh, uh, hydrogen-rich shielding uh, solutions. Um, and, um, but, but then for uh, galactic cosmic rays that can produce, uh, for example, cancer in a transfer. So to, to, to find the shielding solutions uh, is uh, more difficult. And I know that an option studied by NASA is to have active magnetic fields in order to uh, protect uh, the, the, the astronauts. Then we also study possibilities to have um, shelters on uh, Mars, uh, shelters inside the lava tubes. So you have to know that there are uh, in, on Mars, but also on the moon, there are these uh, lava tubes that are, uh, let's say, caves, and uh, there is, uh, and they, they have, a, let's say, a layer of uh, regolith, of rock on, uh, on the top. And uh, this uh, would be a, a feasible solution to protect the astronauts for a long-term mission on the moon, but also on Mars. Then finally, simulations also uh, help to develop a new technology at the Center for Medical Radiation Physics. Uh, we uh, develop a novel monitoring systems called silicon microdosimeters, and we use uh, simulations to characterize the response of these novel detectors, and we also use simulations to improve this technology. So simulations can be used to solve different problems connected with the human space exploration. 
You mentioned um, the use of hydrogen-based shielding. So how how does that how does that work? I'm curious to know. Yes. So um, so basically, they are um, structures of a plastic. <laughs> let's say um, that you can uh, or that you can find in shopping bags or plastic water bottle. Okay. And um, yes, so it's uh, they, basically they are materials that uh, uh, are plastic and they have a high content of hydrogen and, uh, and oxygen. One problem of these structures is that they are not maybe very resistant. So there is a current resource that wants to use, uh, for example, carbon nanotubes in order to make this structure more resistant. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about in this in this area? A very uh, important uh, question that uh, often people ask is why why do we need to send uh, astronauts uh, to Mars? I mean, as a as a scientist, as a physicist, I think I mean exploration is part uh, you know of the human uh, history. Uh, uh, but uh, it's uh, also important to note that technology that is uh, developed for uh, space exploration can also have an impact in, uh, in our uh, everyday life. For example, um, these simulation software tools that uh, I contribute uh, to uh, develop uh, can be used for radiation protection of astronauts, but actually the same code can be used to improve the delivery or radiotherapy the treatments for patients with cancer in hospital. So we have a little bit to think out of out of the box and not just say, ah, this mission costs a lot of money. <laughs> but actually we have to have the broader vision of what a techno the technological impacts of uh, instruments that are developed for a human exploration of the solar system than can have in our everyday life. And um, so in addition to the simulations that you mentioned that you've used in hospitals, which is fantastic, some of the technologies that are developed in response to, this, to the results of the simulations, can they also be applied outside of the space program? So, so for example, the, um, the radiation shielding we talked about before, can that be applied? Uh, uh, maybe uh, a one, uh, one thing that can be applied is these uh, silicon microdosimeters that we are developing in our Center for Medical Radiation Physics which is uh, this research in particular is led by a distinguished professor Anatoly Rosenfeld. Let me then uh, uh, just uh, point out that uh, the research that we are currently performing in this space at the Center for Medical Radiation Physics is supported by two European Space Agency projects. <laughs> Because these silicon micro dosimeters, it's an innovative detector for radiation protection that can be adopted not only in space, but also in our fourth labs where there is an emission of radiation. Stardust MQ is a podcast made with the support of the Macquarie University Department of Physics and Astronomy and the Macquarie University Physics and Astronomy Society. Thanks to Oliver Doherty for editing this episode. Our intro music is by Poddington Bear and our outro theme is from Ketsa. I'll talk to you next time.